Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, December 22nd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, $4 billion is the amount an American. Billionaire Matt Ishbia is buying the NBA's Phoenix Suns and the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury for setting a new record of a NBA franchise. Now, to put this in perspective, the Ottawa Senators, the only NHL team actively for sale, they're likely to go around a billion dollars in price, but about double what they were last valued at. However, the league does believe they can go for up to $2 billion. But here's the thing. Critics of the NHL are saying that this shows how far hockey has fallen on the U.S. sports depth chart. They're now below baseball or maybe at the same tier as baseball, but definitely not at football, basketball level, which are now the most valued sports. And some fans like Adam Seaborn on Twitter are even calling for Gary Bettman's resignation, claiming the league hasn't adapted enough to the changing market dynamics in professional sports. I don't know, Peak Pals, what do you think? It's just clear that the NHL is a less popular sport than the NBA, and there's no real reason for that except for the fact that maybe it's only playable in colder climates, but hard to say, but it's an interesting debate going on. And so, Peak Pals, here's what else we've got for you today. For our first story, inflation is still hard at work. For our second story, there is a new wave of traders. And for our last story, it's the case of the missing Bitcoin. For our first story, many of us may be powering down for some holiday R&R, but inflation is still hard at work, making our lives even more expensive. Now, here's what's happening. So Canada's consumer price index rose 6.8% in November from a year ago. That's a slight drop from 6.9%, which was seen in October, driven down mainly by lower gas prices. But core inflation measures, excluding volatile food and energy prices, that remains stubbornly high. Food prices rose 11.4% year over year, up 0.4 percentage points from October. Prices for stables, including chicken, eggs, coffee, and cereal, well, they rose the most. Mortgage interest costs soared by 14.5%, the biggest jump since 1983. Payments for the average detached home are now almost 70% of a median household's income. And this is why it really matters. So persistently high inflation in core consumer goods, like food and shelter, makes it less likely the Bank of Canada will pause interest rates in the short term. Markets are now pricing in the odds of a 0.2.5 percentage point rate bump in January at around 65% compared to 50% before the new inflation numbers dropped. That means that homeowners struggling with ballooning mortgage payments or people with lots of increasingly pricey debt should not expect relief to come anytime soon. And here's the bottom line. Tiff Macklem and the gang at the Bank of Canada will get one more inflation data update for December before their next rate decision at the end of January. But unless they see some dramatic changes, there's likely another rate hike around the corner. For our second story, if you thought seeing stock markets free fall for the last year would have scared off investors, well, let us introduce you to the incoming wave of do-it-yourself Canadian traders. Now, driving the news, a new report suggests that in the year leading up to June 2022, no free trading platforms accounted for almost half of all new account openings and almost a third of all trading activity per data obtained by ISS Market Intelligence by the Globe and Mail. Now, the adoption of no-fee trading in Canada has lagged behind the U.S., particularly because many of the practices that allow them to turn a profit, well, they're banned here. For example, so-called quote-unquote payment for order flow, PFOF, allows U.S. platforms like Robinhood to make money by routing trades through bigger companies, but is effectively banned in Canada. As a result, most Canadian discount brokerages still charge up to $9.99 a trade, but that may change as clients demand alternative options or one of the big banks move into no free trading to acquire new customers. So PFOF, the payment order flow, was criticized by the SEC during 
fueling the meme stock trading frenzy of 2021 for potentially creating incentives for platforms to gamify trading activity to increase the amount of overall activity. And despite the newly highlighted risks, the demand for no free trading, it hasn't worn off at all. About half of young Canadian adults self-manage over 50% of their investments. And this all matters because the initial novelty of meme stocks has faded along with most of the gains they generated for lucky traders. But retail investors are still happy to play the markets on a DIY basis. Without a revenue stream like PFOF, however, it's unclear whether the few no-fee brokerages in Canada that service them can remain profitable over the long term. For our third story, $2.4 million worth of Bitcoins were mysteriously transferred from virtual wallets linked to Quadriga CX, the bankrupt Canadian crypto exchange that was revealed to be part of a Ponzi scheme. The strange part? Those wallets were previously thought to be inaccessible, and we don't know where the Bitcoins have gone. So let's get you caught up on this crazy, crazy story. So Quadriga CX was once Canada's largest cryptocurrency exchange, but they filed for bankruptcy in 2019 after its founder, Gerald Cotton, died under, let's just say, odd circumstances while traveling in India. Quadriga's management initially claimed that its customers' assets were in cold wallets. These are offline, password-protected storage for crypto that only Cotton could access. Quadriga's bankruptcy trustee, Ernst & Young, later found that the wallets were empty and that Cotton had been running Quadriga as a Ponzi scheme. Fast forward to today, the movement of Bitcoins from the wallets means they are apparently still accessible to someone and raise obvious questions about who that person might be. Ernst & Young say they don't have the answer to that question, but hope that blockchain tracing can help track down the stolen funds. Now, in case you don't realize why this matters, and it's a big deal, Quadriga's 76,000 customers lost $215 million when the exchange collapsed, and customers still haven't received any compensation. The latest theft from what's left of their assets? Well, that's more salt in the wound than anything. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale and Peak Pals. Have a good Thursday. Thursday.